This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We're here with uh, world-renowned uh, actor, uh, celebrity, and talk show host, Pat Gray, who participated in the Glenn Beck program. Uh, of course, Hall of Fame winner, Glenn Beck. And <laughs> Pat, what was the highlight of today's show? Uh, probably just sitting near Hall of Famer Glenn Beck. It was just such an well, honor. It was pretty incredible. You know, it was um, really would you say special. having Mario Lopez, who's starring in a Lifetime Christmas movie about Harlan Sanders, otherwise known as Colonel Sanders, you think he could have been as good as I do Beck? not. I no. do not. No. Not in either role, not as a talk show host or as Colonel Sanders. Yeah, there's a Lifetime movie about Colonel Sanders, and I'm a little pissed about it. And we talk about that. We talk about the election. We have the Attorney General of Texas with a very important message for anybody who would like to see some action from the Supreme Court. You don't want to miss that. And so much more on today's podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck program. This is truly a frightening time uh, for freedom of speech, and you will really, truly understand what we're up against. Uh, you'll get a, a glimpse of it here on today's program as we go into that, but uh, also tonight, full and comprehensive things that I did. You know that there's a new uh, a, a digital new deal it's not just a green new deal there's a digital new deal uh that is being worked on uh and being floated by people in the biden uh administration we'll talk to you about that tonight at 9 p.m now uh pennsylvania has some new restrictions uh all indoor gatherings and events involving people for more than one household are prohibited in public or private spaces so if you have people over that don't live in your household, sorry. That includes all private events, weddings, showers, listed celebrations, religious institutions, and funeral homes are now permitted to have people indoors, but it has to be capped at five people per 1,000 square feet or 5% of maximum occupancy. Uh, outdoor gatherings and events are limited to 10% of maximum capacity of the space. Well, if I'm outdoors... Uh, that's a lot because so far we know this uh, this space called Earth can hold uh, trillions of people. Outdoor gatherings, they are limited now. Ten people per thousand square feet. No more than 2,000 in any outdoor space. Uh, the following businesses are no longer uh, open. High schools, colleges must move online instruction only with the exception of clinical instruction for students in the health science uh, indoor dining at restaurants, other food services, takeout delivery, indoor dining may continue. Everything else has to be shut down. Theaters, movie theaters, performance spaces, bowling alleys, arcades, game spaces, museums, libraries, casinos, uh, recreational activities, uh, community groups, schools, gyms, indoor exercise classes. You can still go outdoors and 
and senior day services, senior centers and adult daycare centers remain uh, closed. That is just in Pennsylvania. That is what the governor put out last night. Meanwhile, the U.N. is uh, saying that for the holidays, everybody has to stop hugging each other. Go screw yourself, U.N. Uh, Colorado, the business owner, uh, Jared Polis. Or no, sorry, a, a, a barbershop owner is suing Jared Polis. He's the uh, Colorado governor. Uh, over the coronavirus relief funds that apparently only go to minority-owned small businesses. Now, this guy is white. He said the lawsuit, uh, that the relief is unconstitutional because it the access to the aid is based on race, is racist itself. He said, I have nothing against minorities. Minorities are fantastic. However, everybody, all Americans, all Coloradians, is that how you say it? Coloradans? Uh, have been hurt business owners of all kinds whites as well as minorities we're just doing our part to raise a flag and say hey this doesn't seem right to carve money out for only one subsection of colorado that has been hurt and ignore the rest of them meanwhile in new jersey the governor phil murphy has announced that he's really confused here Contact tracing update. He said we have more than 30 contact tracers on the ground for every 100,000 residents. But the rate of non-cooperation is going up. It's now almost 75% of the people they contact say no. The governor said this isn't a witch hunt. We're only trying to stop the spread of this virus. Please work with our contact tracers. No. You know why, governor? You know why this is happening? Because the media and you and others seem to be in a giant cabal that never give the benefit of the doubt to the people. You know, an authoritarian state is run by a group of leaders that are really, most of them, unelected. It's an autocratic state. It just goes. And that, that group of elites tells everyone exactly what to do that's authoritarianism now we have representation but our representation doesn't seem to be doing anything our representation i i contend most times doesn't represent us we vote for people they just go in and do what the hell they want to do we don't trust you people anymore you think that you can just keep moving the goalposts. You can't. We're not children. We're adults. And you know what? Stop telling us that it's our fault. It's not our fault. We're wearing the stupid masks. You know why? Because we're not dumb. We want to do our part, and we think, although many of us are starting to think it makes no difference whatsoever, because you have 95% mask uh, coverage in places like New York, and yet, here it comes again. You told us 80% coverage would cover it. It would do more than all the isolation. So now you have us wearing masks and isolating ourselves, and it's still growing. Gee, it seems like this virus might be smarter than you.
We don't trust you anymore. You have to earn people's trust. But they won't. They won't. Instead, they will just do everything they can to silence anybody who disagrees. That doesn't work. You can't just shout down people. You can't just shove them in corners. You can't just say, those people are racist. Those people are idiots. Those people are, are not part of our society anymore. And expect that to work. Especially when that number of people that are not part of your society keeps growing. Have you noticed that? They keep gobbling up more and more people that have to be dealt with. See, we, we, we believe, do we? I used to believe that a lot of people in, in government and a lot of people in the media were just misguided, you know, groupthink, whatever. I don't anymore. I don't. You have to prove that you're on the side of the people now, for me at least. Do something. What are you doing? I want to see something more than talk. That's why I actually liked Donald Trump in the end. I still like him. And I don't know who you're going to find to replace him. Because that guy didn't care. He just didn't care. He thrived on that. Most people cannot do that. He's really one in a million. Maybe one in 350 million. Maybe one in a billion. But he didn't mind taking those arrows. And he's the only guy that at least half the country feels like at least was standing up for me. I didn't necessarily like everything he did, but at least he was standing up for me. At least he was telling me, I got your back. Who has my back? Who has my business's back? Who has the restaurant owner's back? I can't take any more of this. Oh, we've got we've to listen to these football players because of the grievance. The grievance? How about the families that are struggling to survive today? Who's talking about them? The only time you hear them is when you have Nancy Pelosi or people like that trying to push through giant bills that really have very little to do with helping those people. I'm going to play something. This just proves what I'm saying and proves what I'm going to show you tonight. This is Steve Cole, and he's talking about the goals of Facebook to unite everybody, to get everybody online so everybody can talk. Used to be a good idea. Now, Steve Cole works at The Atlantic, but he's also the dean of journalism at Columbia University. Keep that in mind. Listen to what he just says. You can't uh, get away from the fact that their mission is to connect everybody in the world. That's what motivates Mark Zuckerberg. And it has it's his passion. And he profoundly believes in free speech. And, you know, those of us in journalism uh, have to come to terms with the fact that free speech, a principle that 
we hold sacred is being weaponized against uh, the principles of journalism. And what do we do about that? I, I just say, you know, as, as reporters, we kind of march into this war with our facts uh, nobly shouldered as if they were going to win the day. And what we're seeing is that because of the scale of this alternate reality that you've been talking about, our facts, our principles, our scientific method, it isn't enough. Wow. It's not enough. So what do they have to do? They have to silence people that disagree with them. You notice he said we come armed with our facts. See, that's the problem. They're your facts or my facts. Facts should be facts. Facts are universal. Hey, the sky is blue. I'm coming armed with my facts saying the sky is green. No, it's not. It's blue. They come armed with their facts. And here's the problem. Do you know why so many people don't know what to believe on this election? Because you in the press were so dishonest all the way along with Donald Trump. You had it out for him. You backed up lies even when you knew they were lies. If you were fair, if you were balanced, if you were like, you know what? He did some good things in the Middle East. If you would just if you would have just pointed out that that is the first peace agreement of any kind that is of any significance forever. That's the first peace deal that's that really, truly has a chance. People have been grabbing for that in the Middle East forever. He just did it. You couldn't even say that was good. When the facts show up that this whole Russia thing was a lie, you double down. You told us that these these protests were peaceful while cars were on fire behind you. So you lie to us the whole time in the media. You lie to us for four years. Well, you've lied to us for longer than that. You started lying to us in unbelievable scale, I think, after 9-11. And then what happened? Then Barack Obama gets in. And you deny reality. You start saying, Marxist. If somebody says you're a Marxist, that means they're a racist. What? You started denying all of the reality. You knew you knew about death panels. By the way, uh, later on in the program, I'll show you the first death panel is coming. And it's coming, I believe, in New Mexico was where I saw it. The governor is now saying, hey, you guys are going to have to do whatever you have to do. You have to ration. You have to ration care. Well, what do you think that is? You knew all of these things. You knew about Obama coming after you, the journalist, and you did nothing. You didn't care. You knew that that he was using the IRS to target people who disagreed with him. You didn't care. And then you doubled down and you didn't just you didn't just ignore us. Now you've deemed us the enemy. You've deemed at least a at least a third at least a third of this country as enemies of the state 
Wow. While you lecture us and tell us that people who are trying to actively overthrow our government are fine. You know why people don't believe your stupid election results? Because you had no credibility going in. You were in the bag anyway. If the situation were reversed exactly, you would be lecturing us today how irresponsible Donald Trump is being for not allowing these court cases to be heard, just going on as if he won. That's what you'd be saying today, and we all know it, and you know it as well. And meanwhile, you're just slicing us all up. You're just putting us all into little camps, which I might, I, I believe that maybe they actually become camps at some point. Are you rich or are you poor? Are you right, left, or moderate? What's your race? Where you come from? What's your religion? Do you have a religion? What do you think about uh, global warming? How about gender? What's your lifestyle? Where do you live? We're being divided into all these little camps. And it's interesting because we all know a house divided against itself cannot stand. But they're calling for unity now, except for those people that they don't like. You can unite with them. You just not only have to agree now, you can't just silently say, okay, uh, whatever. No, no, no. You must participate in it. I, I, I look at the news today and I can't believe we're on the verge of having to fight all of these things all over again. It's like the last four years never happened. We have to fight all these things all over again. And they are coming this time and they are prepared. And they are prepared to shut you down, shut us down, anyone who stands in their way. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Right now, everybody's around on the last curve and into the uh, next year and hopefully making plans to be spending time with family and friends, gathering and breaking bread together this holiday season. Seasons change, and I always think this time of the year is the best because it brings out the best in all of us. Well, no matter what your holidays look like, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to benefit from having a rec tech because part of that best of this holiday is getting together for food and cooking every meal together and having it turn out just right. So whether it's grilling, smoking, or even baking, Rectech is going to rise to the challenge every time. With its amazing smart grill technology, the Rectech monitors everything you cook in it to the tiniest detail, making sure to adjust the temperature as needed without you. And you can control it entirely from an app on your phone or device. So follow Rectech on all social media and sign up for their newsletter to get great recipes. It's Rectech with a Q at the end. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. This is the most perplexing election I've seen in my life. And I remember the year 2000. Uh, the way this is being handled by the press, the way this is being handled by the courts and each state uh, seems to be playing by their own rules. Uh, it uh, it it's. It seems to be the death of the republic, quite honestly, if we can't trust the voting booth, if we can't trust the vote, then we, we've got nothing. And I love people saying, well, it's not enough to change the vote. 
Oh, so there's a level of corruption that you're cool with. As long as it's just some corruption that's like, hey, I've got some dog crap in my ice cream. Yeah, but it's not a lot. Okay, still don't want dog crap in my ice cream. Ken Paxton is the uh, attorney general of the great state of Texas, and he has filed a lawsuit. And now it has been joined by how many states? Let's get Ken on. He'll probably know. Ken. Hey, how are you? Very good. good. Um, How many states have joined this now? Actually, we filed it midnight uh, the night before last. We don't have any other states on yet. We're hoping for a mm. couple of other states to join us quickly because there's not a right. lot of time. Yeah, we we have uh, a story that Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and South Dakota all joined. That's hey, there, untrue? If, if that's true, we're happy. We haven't seen the actual filings. Oh, jeez. Wow. We're, we're, Come we're on, helpful. you states. They need to act quick because... Mm. Obviously, this thing is going to move quick or, you know, it's got to move quick. So, Ken, explain quickly what the lawsuit alleges. Okay, so it's a state against states. It's one state right now against four states. Hopefully we have others joining. And when you file a lawsuit against another state, your original jurisdiction is at the U.S. Supreme Court. It's not at a district court. And the, the frustrating part of that is supposedly they have discretionary review. I personally think they have they should hear it they have to hear it but there's differences of opinion on what they do so we follow the u.s supreme court they can hear it for whatever reason they want to or not hear it for whatever reason they want to and our argument is pretty simple it's that these states that we sued pennsylvania wisconsin michigan and georgia did not follow their own state laws that the legislature is responsible for electing electors and, and providing the rules under which those electors are elected And in those states, other officials, whether it was judges or other elected officials, county officials, changed the law without going back to the legislature. And that's unconstitutional, thus affecting the entire federal election and and disenfranchising my voters in Texas and every other voter across the nation. So there's also the Bush v. Gore uh, kind of angle to this, that they were counting things differently in different counties. Yes, there's an equal protection argument that in every all these counties, because they were not following. That's part of the purpose. I think that's why the founders put it in there, that it was to be the state legislature. So you'd have consistent rules across the state. They can be different in different states, but across the state, they'd be the same as to how votes are counted. And, And in these states, they were done differently. And some Democratic counties, they they were much more loose with, you know, no signature verification and mail-in ballots. I mean, think about Pennsylvania went from 233,000 mail-in ballots four years ago to 2.5 million, and they eliminated all signature verification. So it's already suspect that there's that many mail-in ballots. We can't, you know, we don't have photo ID with that. It's already suspect. And then you throw in the fact that they eliminated the signature verification. So the signature verification is important because when you apply, you, you have to sign your document. They have a copy of that. When you get your ballot and put it in the envelope, you sign that envelope so that they can match the signatures. That's our only verification. And they eliminated all those rules in many of the states. So is there a way for them to separate things out at this point and say, okay, well, these things don't count. Can they go back and do anything? Can no. The, no, they can't. That's the problem. The genies, that's why in Texas we had, I think it was 12 lawsuits that we won. 
because we had Harris County and other counties, Travis County, which is Austin, Houston, trying to do the very same thing. And we knew that once that genie was out, we could not undo it. So we fought to the Fifth Circuit numerous times. We, we went to the Texas Supreme Court and we stopped it here because we knew we would be we would have been Georgia. We would have been Wisconsin. Uh, so the only way you can do it now is our lawsuit addresses that. We can't. You, once they separate the envelope from the ballot, you can't go back and verify. It's too late. You, 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 it's actually the perfect way to cheat if you wanted to, because you can't go back and, and find out what happened. And so that's why we're saying, look, there's no way to fix that now. So let the legislatures now decide the election because that's the only fair way to do it that's the only like legitimate way to go back and fix this so that's one of the i mean pennsylvania the republican legislature is possibly sending a slate of electors and then there's another slate of electors going is that right that the judge said had to be sent is is do i have this right I, I don't know. I, all I know is what we're trying to do. I, I, I'm not following every little nuance in every other state. I, I spent a lot of time focusing on my state and unfortunately woke up, you know, to find an election that was in chaos in every and so many other states. So what are the odds that they pick this up? I mean, if, if I would imagine the more states that are involved, the more likely. Yes, I think uh, I think that's true. I think that if if the more states that get in, the more likely they are to it gives more weight to our our filing. I think the issues we bring up are legit. I think we deserve a hearing. I wish we could get at least a our our chance to to make the argument because otherwise I have harm to my citizens and I have no place to take it. There's no court other than them that can hear my case, and I, that's pretty unfortunate when you don't have a place to redress a harm. So, Ken, you've seen how conservatives have reacted. We're going through the courts, et cetera, et cetera. And if Joe Biden is declared the winner, there's a lot of people that, like me, I'll never buy into this. Uh, however, he'll be the president and I'm not going to start a revolution. Uh, if the Supreme Court decides to overturn or if there's anything like that, there will be. The, the, the left will set the country on fire. And quite honestly, so be it. But uh, does that, does the... <laughs> Does the Supreme Court, does John Roberts have the balls in his pants to do anything? Look, I don't know. I, all I can do is give him the opportunity. I can't make the decision. I can put the law in front of him, put the problem in front of him and say, we have no place to go but to you. Will you please hear our arguments? We have good arguments. And there was a huge problem. We cannot verify 2.5 million ballots in, in Pennsylvania. We can't verify you know, millions of other ballots in these other three states. How, how is that fair? How is that right? That's disenfranchising voters in my state and every other state, including the states that, that we're and, suing it. And so would all of Pennsylvania, all of those votes not count? Would they just, these? Because there's, how can you count them? We don't know. I mean, like, so Jeez. if we don't know about the 2.5 million, oh, we have no good. idea if any of those are legitimate. <clears throat> it, could be, it could be that 100% are. It could be 100% they're all invalid. We don't know. They, they, they set it up to make it impossible to know, which I think is, you know, potential. Yeah. It was, it was a strategy. This was a national strategy by the democratic party. And think about it. It's the, it's the very ba battleground states that he had to win that this happened in. Mm. All right. Uh, I mean, I, I'm with you myself. Uh, Ken, I have to ask you this question. CNN editorial came out Ken Paxton is a lawman being chased by the law. 
and when he filed this U.S. Supreme Court um, uh, lawsuit on behalf of his state, he became a rank hic- hypocrite, uh, being faced with charges, indicted on securities fraud, accused by top aides of bribery, blah, blah, blah. They say that this is just nothing. This is a laughable suit. And you're only doing it because you don't want people to talk about the other. Look, for six years, I've been fighting for what I thought was right, whether it was in in states' rights, fighting the Obama administration, fighting for, uh, you know, life, fighting for religious liberty, the Constitution, the First Amendment. I'm not going to stop just because people uh, have have assaulted me. It's I'm just not going to stop. I'm here to do what I think is right. And I'm not going to let the left, no matter what they accuse me of, no matter what they want to do to me, I'm here to do my job. and I'll do it to the last day I'm here. Have you talked to other states or what is the what can the audience do to get their state on board? Who should they call? Uh, they call their attorney general. The attorney general of every state gets to decide whether they want to sign on to this. And so, uh, yeah, I'd encourage people if they want their if they want their state in, they need to call the attorney general of their state and say, hey, Sign on to this. That's, this is what I want as a citizen and as a voter. And, I, you know, most of these attorney generals in, what, 44 states, I think, are elected. So uh, there's a very good chance they would care what their voters thought. Wow. OK, thank you very much, Ken. I appreciate it. God bless. Absolutely. Um, all right. The the. Uh, to me, the incredible thing is the press is saying that all of these states have already signed on. So you yeah. kind of relax. Mm hmm. Call your attorney general. Because none of them have. When you look a little bit deeper, uh, they want to join, but they have not joined yet. So maybe they need just a little nudge. Call your attorney general. Make this you, make this the thing you do today. Call everyone you know and call your attorney general and tell them to sign on to the Texas lawsuit uh, for uh you know, for the election, they'll know the attorney general's office, but flood them with calls, emails, tweet, Facebook, put it everywhere so they know you're standing up and you want them to join. And, you know, we might just call a few governors ourselves today or a few attorney generals on the air and just shame them into it because uh, uh, it, it, it they need to hear from you. Call your attorney general in your state and tell them to sign on with a Texas lawsuit. This, I think, is your last uh, chance for any kind of justice to be done. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Wow, the digital new deal. We're going to reveal all of this uh, tonight on our uh, on our special Wednesday night special, you don't want to miss it. You can find it at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save even more. The editor-in-chief and StoppingSocialism.com, the editorial director of the Heartland Institute, and uh, my co-author of uh, a new book that we have yet to name, but it is on the Great Reset. Justin Haskins uh, is on with us. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing good, Glenn. Uh, I think we need to get going on that title. That seems important for a book. It does. Well, I have one. I haven't shared it with you yet. See what you think. And I'm serious. The last 100 days, and we release it on Inauguration Day, 
And we call it the last 100 days, because if they enact these things, America will have its last 100 days. What do you think? What do you think? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think I I, got to mull it over, but I think it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, All right, Justin. The digital new deal. Can you can you bring us a little bit up to speed on this? Right. Well, the digital New Deal is, I think of it as sort of a culmination of what the left has been wanting to do for a very long time when it comes to online free speech, especially social media uh, free speech. What what it is, is it's this proposal that's coming out of the German Marshall Fund, which is this very, very well-funded influential think tank in Washington. They've got like $165 million in assets, connections to the Biden administration, funded by George Soros, funded by the U.S. government, believe it or not, funded by foreign governments. It's a, it's a really weird organization. Really weird organization. Why? In a lot of ways. Why do we yeah. allow these things to happen? Oh, my gosh. I, no I mean, we do have- need a great reset. The entire system needs to be shut down and rebooted. It's just out of control. Out of control. Yeah. W- without question. And so what they want to do is they want to create this digital new deal that would establish this this new agency because you know we don't have enough Orwellian agencies so we got to build a new one called Digital Democracy okay this Digital Democracy Agency and what this agency would do is require social media the social media industry to come up with standards and then enforce those standards and those standards that they would be enforcing are related to misinformation hate speech, all sorts of other things. Essentially, what they want to do is control speech on the Internet, especially on social media platforms. Um, and But, you know, you don't have to worry about that, Glenn. There's nothing to worry about because oh, they're not. going to rely on experts, experts from the Southern Poverty Law Center and from all sorts of other George Soros-funded groups who are going to be the arbiters of what is appropriate speech and what is not appropriate speech. And they want to roll this thing out and essentially force all of the social media companies to adopt it. Uh, and anyone who doesn't comply will, of course, have to uh, face the ire of this new uh, digital democracy agency or whatever the heck they're calling this thing. This is truly, truly fight frightening. Already, the IFCN, which is the International Fact-Checking Network, sounds really great. Uh, but it's a project of the nonprofit Pointer Institute, which gets a lot of its funding from George Soros. Um, The International Fact-Checking Network is just really a label that provides the left with a facade of legitimacy to silence anyone who disagrees with them. I want to show you uh, one of the fact-checking certified groups called Lead Stories. Lead Stories, the co-founder... And half of its staff used to work at CNN. So what could possibly go wrong, right? I wouldn't be talking to you about lead stories if that were the only thing. Facebook assures you that this is an independent, nonpartisan, certified fact-checking entity. It's very, very official. Lead Stories is funded by Facebook, Google, and a group called ByteDance, B-Y-T-E Dance. Who are they? Well, they're the Chinese company, the Chinese company that owns TikTok. (laughs) Uh, Wait, the same one 
that we have reports from last year how the Chinese government is instructing TikTok to censor videos critical of the Chinese government? That company? Yes, that company. So there's nothing weird about a Chinese company that censors political content, uh, you know, and, and is funding an American uh, fact-checking company. I, I think that's I think that's right up our alley for 2021. <laughs> this yeah, is... it, 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 I mean, this is it, it's it's total it's total madness. This whole thing is total madness. I, it, when you start looking at who's behind all of this, not only do you have George Soros, as I mentioned, you have foreign government, which is just absolutely amazing that the the government of germany is actually funding this german marshall fund partially along with a bunch of other governments like sweden and norway and others but the government of germany is particularly interesting because they passed the law several years back that actually punishes facebook and other social media organizations that allow users to post things that they consider to be hate speech or misinformation on their platforms and they, they impose these massive, massive fines. It's like over a million dollars per post if Facebook or Twitter or something refuses to take that post down within 24 hours. This is the government of Germany. So they're the ones funding, partially, they're one of the people, funding this digital New Deal group that's now trying to impose standards that are kind of similar to that here in the United States. So these people are not friends of free speech by any stretch of the imagination and how you have all these foreign governments involved in this, this nonprofit that's promoting these radical changes to society. I mean, it is, it is truly shocking that this is happening and that anyone's taking it seriously here in the United States. There is a great article today, Justin, you should read, everybody should read uh, from uh, the website, American greatness. I don't know if you've ever read that website or been to that website. It's a great website. I have. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it is a, uh, it's an article about how Republicans and conservatives and constitutionalists have to stop laughing off uh, this, uh, uh, you know, politically correct society and and uh, the virtue signaling. We have to stop looking at virtue signaling and say these companies, they're crazy. They're going to it's not about money. These guys actually believe in something. Uh, and these companies and I, I started to talk about this on last week's special um, because we went into the Great Reset. But I, I want to explore it a little bit here. When we look at companies like Nike, we think that they're just virtue signaling. And then we see that, you know, uh, they're hurt by it. The NFL ratings are the worst they've ever been. Uh, And we think, oh, well, they're being hurt by it. So why would they continue to do things like this? We think, well, they're just trying to appeal to a bigger market in China. That's not it. That's not it. I am convinced that these big companies, they're all meeting, you know, in Davos and they're all meeting with the same people. And these same people who are talking about the Great Reset are saying the same thing that George Soros's man said to, you know, my number one guy uh, as a threat about 10 years ago. The ship has already sailed and you're either on it or you're not. These companies know the Great Reset is coming. They know that the system that we have in America of rights and responsibilities, they're over. They're over. And they are playing for the world. They're not playing for China. The question is, do you want America? 
as it used to be? Or do you want China, the rest of the world, and America the way it will be? And any responsible CEO would say, I'm playing for these guys. Do do you think that's right? Oh, 100%. One of the biggest parts of the Great Reset, the thing that a lot of people who are talking about it, uh, and really most people have not been talking about up until now, um, one of the biggest parts of it is this transformation of the way that we evaluate businesses. That's what these world leaders want to do. They want to evaluate businesses so that you're not just looking at at profit and the quality of goods and services and employees, the quality of your employees and all of that, but all those things plus a whole bunch of left-wing goals and causes like your carbon footprint and, and uh, you know, the percentage of underrepresented minorities on your board of directors and the pay gap between the highest paid person and the lowest paid person and air quality in your supply chain and all this other stuff. And those are, that's the future. The future is this, it's called ESG, it's called Environment, Social, and Governance Standards. These ESG scores, this whole new system of evaluating businesses, that explains so much of what we're seeing with these businesses. They are not virtue signaling. They are playing to the future. They are setting themselves up to be profitable corporations in a new world where government prints massive amounts of money and gives it to the good companies with high ESG scores and doesn't give it to the bad companies with low ESG scores. That's what's going on. And the proof of that is there's already a massive number of corporations that have essentially voluntarily adopted these ESG standards. Huge number of companies, hundreds of major companies have already done this. They wouldn't go through all this trouble unless there was something for them at the end of this road. Look, if I'm a global corporation like I'm the CEO of Nike and I'm a global corporation and all I care about is money, all I care about is, you know, the brand. I don't care about what, you know, what uh, governments are doing around the country. I want to sell my stuff in that country. So what do I have to do? And if I was sitting around, because I would have access to these guys, these are the guys that would be in my office. If I have, you know, a dinner and I happen to have there at the table the head of the IMF and and maybe John Kerry is in my circle and all these other people, you know, big, huge bankers, you know, the head of Citibank, they're they're having dinner with the head of of Nike. And they say, look, you, you don't understand this. The world is changing. Because the banking systems are changing, the whole currency is going to, everything's going to change. And you got to get on board now. Because if you get on board now, you're just going to, you won't have a blip. But if you don't get on board uh, or you guys stand against it, it's, it's going to be a real problem. It's better to take the short term losses right now. That's absolutely happening. And it's not happening at the level of the, the average person. We are becoming serfs again. They will own all of the corporations, all of the, the business. The, everything. If you are in with the king and you do as the king says, you'll have control of all of it. They're talking about zero personal property by 2030. Zero personal property. Okay, so what do you have? You're just the worker bee. Your representation. This is this is a coup. There is no representation of you at that table when all these things are being decided. 
Uh, Justin, thank you so much. We'll talk again. Uh, and you've got to look forward to this book. Don't know what we're going to call it, but it's going to be on The Great Reset. Uh, and it's coming out in January. And it, it will open people's eyes. It will also be banned everywhere. And everybody will say it's conspiracy <laughs> theory. It's not. It's not. Look it up for yourself and go to the original websites. Go to the um, uh, the uh, I want to say World international monetary. Yeah, uh, but the uh, say it. World economic World Economic Forum. World Economic Forum. Uh, go there and look it up yourself. They spell it out. They're not ashamed of it. Thank you so much, Justin. Thanks, Glenn. Da, 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 da.